And if you don't have a gender diverse team, it's going to be very hard to attract other top performing women to the sales organization. And as we help organizations look for talent, we're looking for the best of the best. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we've got Jamie Crosby with us. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you so much. Today, we're going to talk about how to create a gender-balanced sales team and skyrocket sales. Uh, really exciting topic and definitely one that is important to me. As a little bit of background on Jamie and why she's the one telling us about this, uh, Jamie is the CEO and founder of Proactivate. It's a talent acquisition firm focused on sales and sales leadership and leadership talent. She's the author of The Power of Two, Exponential Sales Leadership. Jamie is an active member of the Women's Business Enterprise National Council and women sales pros, among other business organizations. So um, really excited. Uh, let's, jump, let's jump into this, Jamie. Um, tell me, why, why, is it, why is this even important to have a gender balanced sales team? Why do we care? Well, I think more and more, uh, it's, it's coming up in our culture of something that we need to care about. Uh, we, we should have been caring about it for a very long time. And we care because of many things that are both cultural and as well have an impact on productivity and profitability within our organizations. As studies have shown that having a gender diverse uh, sales organization increases profitability by 15% or more of that sales organization. So just from a metrics standpoint, we need to care. But it's obviously so much bigger than that. Because uh, if we think about our families and our children and our, our children that are girls, uh, we want equality just from, you know, the standpoint of what we feel like is the right thing. Absolutely. Um, tell me um, what, tell me about the, the, that 15% number is really interesting. T tell me about uh, what unique approaches and skill sets that, women bring to sales and, 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 and why that drives that, uh, that additional revenue that, that sales teams get once they have a, a balanced sales team? I think and believe strongly that one of the most important qualities of a sales superstar is empathy and also uh, the ability to help others and really solve problems for them. And empathy is extremely critical uh, that, you know, that your prospect or your client feel like you are in it with them and that you feel what they feel. And quite honestly, women do very well at that. And, you know, I'll be careful to say do better than men at that because I think we need that equality and fairness both ways. But as women, we're very, very naturally empathetic. I think sometimes men have to work harder at that. And we tend to be more, uh, you know, focused on persuasion. Uh, we're able to more easily persuade. 
and as well uh, in general have tend to stay in sales jobs longer and so just i think you know just looking at those skill sets that is one of the reasons for the 15 percent higher profitability but there's also something to be said about just recruiting the best of the best talent. And if you don't have a gender diverse team, it's going to be very hard to attract other top performing women to the sales organization. And as we help organizations look for talent, we're looking for the best of the best, right? It doesn't matter if they're male or female, unless a company is specifically trying to uh, recruit talent based on creating more gender diverse sales organization and then we can focus more on that but when you're looking for the best of the best you want to have a gender balanced team so that people see that there's a place for them no matter what they are yeah and and, and uh, you know from my perspective as a startup this is something you know we you know when, when we were a, when we were a young company you know seven years ago this was something that I was concerned with. I was like, if we don't have women on the team, you know, in, in, from the beginning, it makes it really hard to hire them later. And I've seen people have that problem too, where they're like, they get absolutely 20 people into their, into their company. And they're like, should we maybe hire a woman around here? Is that, is that weird that we don't have any? And, and it's like, right. yeah, that's a, that's a, and you lose so you lose access to so much of the talent in the world. If you, if you don't do this well, and I've, I've been a part of big companies that uh, that do this very poorly, and I've been a part of uh, big companies that I wouldn't say do this well, but I've been a big a part of big companies that do this far better than than average. Mm -hmm. um, but I and but uh, so I've seen kind of both sides. Um, why why do you think that women are so heavily outnumbered by men in professional sales roles? Well, interestingly enough, it's not just professional sales roles. It's all the way into senior leadership and sales leadership. Uh, one in 10 sales leaders in a senior leadership role are women. And so it obviously starts with the initial sales roles. And, and I think there is a little bit of a bias. Uh, I think also, you know, women find a lot of meaning and in their work, uh, we're, able to detach less easily than men. Uh, so we have to feel this bigger picture, bigger purpose, meaning oftentimes. And that is not easy to do. Uh, and, and in sales, I would venture to say that most women in sales really want to feel like they're making an impact, they're helping solve problems and those types of things. So I think that's harder to match up in, in a career in and of itself, but also in general, there are, it's more heavily weighted on men. The problem is already there. As you said, there are so many more men in the sales roles. And so therefore it's harder to attract other top performing women. So it's a problem that will take time to, to compensate for. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, in in my experience at Badger, like I've we've done a good job of this in some places, and a, and a, I'd like to do a lot better in others. And specifically, uh, the sales team has been a struggle for for us. Fifty percent of our sales leadership team um, is 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 women, but but. Uh, through through the ranks of the sales team, um, we we've, we've struggled to 
to uh, hire and retain women in sales, they, so a lot of times they end up switching to other roles in the organization like customer success um, and, and fr frankly leadership roles as well. But the, we've also had a tougher time getting, I, I think the biggest driver of our tougher time is, is, is getting applicants. So in, in our last, the last round of hiring, we, we, like, we had like, you know, of the hundred applicants that like we looked at that were qualified and, and you know, kind of over, over the, the basic bars that HR put in place, um, only like 11 of them or something were women. So it was like a very, and, and we're just, you know, to get these referrals we're kind of, or to get these applicants, we're posting in all the usual job boards and that sort of thing. Um, but well, uh, the <laughs> yield was so low. Right, right. And interestingly enough, if you really go back and analyze what some of those postings say, you may, you may find uh, that a lot of them are more tailored toward men just in their language. For example, mm. you know, sports, uh, athletic, you know, someone who's been in a competitive team. And so that's not always men by any means, but there's a lot of language that is more tailored to something that would attract a man, like competitive, you know, work hard environment where if you come from a sports background or that type of thing, an athletic background, you'd be a great fit. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, even if there are those superstar women who have that background, but they're not necessarily attracted to the same type of job posting that a man might be. So if we really want to mm -hmm. attract these women, we need to uh, speak their language, so to speak. And then mm -hmm. we also not just, you know, job boards are primarily uh, attracting people that are unemployed most often and mm -hmm. and right now that's very low in the marketplace the unemployment rate and so we need to have the mindset of where do we go find these people where they are working and winning and capture them where they naturally go where are women online looking for leads or business acumen how do we capture them there what types of women networking groups are there what types of trade shows are they at uh, mm -hmm. what types of social groups are they a part of and how do we attract them, speak their language, and find them where they are? Because my, my guess would be that, you know, all of us who have sales organizations are wanting people who are working and winning and doing really well. Absolutely, yeah. So, well, I guess using me as an example, um, I, and I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take a look at the postings. I, I, you know, I didn't write them. A, a woman actually wrote them on, on the, who runs the, runs one of the sales teams but that doesn't mean that we didn't include that kind of language. I, I don't think I've, I've read it, but I'll check, I'll check into that in terms of the looking for, wh where would you recommend, like what types of places do you find these types of, you know, top talent women salespeople and, and where, like if I, if me or any random uh, listener that we have out there who, who does hiring for their sales team, where would you recommend they go for, for this like how, how do you how do you uncover how do you turn well, over those stones yeah so I would tell you that that's gonna be different for every sales organization based on their ideal candidate profile but the mindset is the same so it starts with creating a customized talent acquisition plan that is geared around finding their ideal candidate profile where they are naturally out in the marketplace so they have to think about their industry 
and what organizations might these women work for today that are more heavily dominated women sales organizations mm-hmm. that you know their skill set would parlay well into this new career opportunity and how do they and then they direct source them i mean oftentimes you have to you know get help from an outside source for these types of things because they take more time but you can direct source directly from those types of sales organizations or think about uh, there are a lot of organizations you know that are uh, websites or just uh, networking groups or things like that that are geared specifically toward women sales professionals. So networking within those groups, uh, doing you know social media outreach within those groups specifically that are focused on that type of individual, uh, and and so. I would tell you that, like I said, based on the ideal candidate profile, there will be different resources. There could be some that are industry specific, obviously some that are gender specific. Uh, But the whole idea is where are these people out in their life? Women are online in different places than men oftentimes. Uh, They're part of different networking groups. They are part of different friend groups where you can do, you know, uh, referral networking and things like that specifically, uh, you know, LinkedIn and things like that. There are many different networks and there are many that are targeted toward women. And that's what we need to go for if we're trying to really build that gender diversity within our sales organizations. Mm-hmm. So, so the key there being direct sourcing in the places that you're, that you're likely to find great women. So companies, uh, organizations, places online that you would find them in a LinkedIn group, et cetera, um, if, in, in directly sourcing them if you're going to do it or if you're going to hire a great so- a sourcer, uh, a recruiter, et cetera, um, then you can, you can hire them to do it for you and they may, be, they, they may have uh, abilities and connections that you don't. Um, how, how do you find a, how do you find a, a great sourcer then? How do, you, how, do you, how do you find a great recruiter? Like I, I, I have a sales team in, in Salt Lake that I'm hiring for right now for, uh, and I'd love to find a, you know, great, great, highly qualified, uh, female candidates. How, how do I find a sourcer that's, that really knows, you know, 200 women in the Salt Lake market who are working in sales positions right now? Well, so here's, what's important. I think when you are looking for a great firm to partner with, uh, that, one is obviously that you are aligned. So you're looking for sales talent. There are a lot of generalist recruiting firms out there. Uh, and I, I come from that background prior to starting Proactivate and saw some gaps in the typical market and, and created Proactivate really to fill in those gaps. And one of those gaps is most of the generalist firms do not specialize in sales talent, sales, sales leadership. So you want someone who understands sales because salespeople are able to go find great salespeople. Uh, this, as you know, salespeople sell themselves in the interview process. So another very important thing to look for in a great partner is someone who really, really, really digs way under the surface and has a very in-depth qualification process. The traditional recruiter spends 15 to 30 minutes going through a qualification process with sales talent and that does not work because salespeople are selling themselves so you know in our in our model we spend an hour and a half to two hours going through an in-depth 
sales behavioral interview that's customized for our client's profile. So it's very important that you look at that. And then you also look at, you know, the way that you're paying that firm uh, so that you can eliminate coaching of candidates on what to say to get the job. So if they're paid in the traditional way, that's often an issue. Candidates are coached. Uh, because that's how the firm is paid. So you want to make sure you set it up as a win-win and that it's a truly in-depth and authentic qualification process that's focused on sales. And then to take it a step beyond that based on our conversation and having a gender diverse team, you want to find a partner. For example, if we have clients that are specifically looking to add diversity to their team, we have a lot of diversity uh, recruiting partner and channels that we will go ahead and bring that opportunity to that's specific to whatever area they're trying to expand within. Uh, and always we present the best of the best talent, but we source in the area that they really want to grow their team in. So it's important that you ask those questions to a potential partner to make sure that they're really focused on what you're trying to accomplish. Excellent. Um, and, and when you're, when you're doing hiring of uh, specifically women in sales, how do you, what needs, what needs to be taken into consideration when you're thinking about hiring and retaining them? What, or is there anything special? What, what in addition to normal or what, you know, what, what do people not think of? Well, okay. I'll tell you something people don't think of and it, and it truly would be the same, whether it would be women or men, but uh, I think this is an area that women, you know, oftentimes outperform and it's not taken into account very often. Uh, when we're qualifying most typically talent in general in sales talent, we're often just focused on the sales skill set, sales metrics for success, sales formula for success, you know, quota attainment, achievements, how they plan and organize their territory. All of that is critically important. One huge piece we miss though is the sales mindset. And 80% of sales success is based on mindset. And this is a real area of strength, uh, you know, for a lot of women. And so to have a big part uh, of your sales qualification process or, or another major component besides just skill set focused on mindset is critical. That's that sales grit, that commitment to excellence, that I'm going to win no matter what, perseverance, optimism, dedication, all of those key characteristics and qualities. And again, that's important to have that as a part of your process, no matter who you're trying to attract or develop. Uh, but when you think about retaining women and attracting them, we have to think about some things that are important in our lives. And uh, obviously, you know, one of the factors for women is that balance of life with also sometimes for a lot of women, depending on, you know, where they are in this stage of their life is being a mother and how to balance that uh, with their career. And they want their women are okay leaving their kids to go to work as long as they find meaning in that work. And so just thinking of how, uh, you know, how we talk with women about their quota and their goals. And again, I think this is the same for men as well, but I do think it's, it's very important to think about what's the bigger why? Mm -hmm. Why are they really there? Oftentimes our conversations are all about quota and that is important, but if we understand their bigger why behind it, then the number comes. And so our conversations are a little bit different 
to a bigger picture for them, which leads to the results of the quota that we're wanting. So that's critical. And then just to make it a, you know, environment where women can thrive, uh, which are just some of the considerations around things that they have to uh, make a priority aside from just business. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, it, it's, it's funny, as you were saying that, I was thinking in my mind, you could replace the word woman with millennial and for the same thing too. I was uh, thinking that too before this conversation. Yeah. It, it uh, cause that's, I think the why is so much more important to millennials than it is to the average person my age, for example. Um, you know, the, the, the meaning and the work has to be there. There has to be a, Oh, and this fits into the greater picture this way. Um, I think, uh, whereas if, if you asked my dad, why why do you have a job he would be like for the money right <laughs> whereas right. for, an, for and, a, and a millennial then, they may say for the money and also yeah. to, for the right, right. the money that leads to this it's the means to the end Absolutely. yeah whereas my my dad would look at me like i was crazy if i <laughs> actually maybe right. not him but the average person his age maybe would would uh, be like what do you mean why what do you mean meaning like where it's a job you do it so your children eat remember when i had you when i had you eating as a child (laughs) (laughs) so um so really really great points and i think very applicable not you know not just for hiring women but also for you know probably something that a lot of people who are you know maybe older in their careers struggle with understanding you know younger people in their career be like what do you mean why but it's it's a great great thing to think about um so uh, in that vein, how can, wh- how can a sales manager better motivate women to become sales leaders? Hmm. I, I think a huge part of that is uh, mentoring them and finding the people on the team that you really do believe could rise up and become leaders. And then specifically reaching out to them and telling them what you see in them. Oftentimes people rise to the occasion because someone believes in them even more so than they think of something for themselves. And we have to remember women tend not to be big self promoters. We were taught to be humble. We were taught to, you know, play it safe. And, and so a lot of these women have grown up in those types of environments where they haven't seen uh, you know, their, their mom or mentor or other people in their family necessarily step into those roles or say, hey, I want to be, you know, considered for that opportunity. So we, we need to reach out, look for them, and, and think about their potential. And then those of us who are leaders right now, a true leader helps change the trajectory of success of their team. So if they could achieve a level of success, you know, we take them far beyond that level. Part of that is letting them know what we see in them. And then it is helping to prepare them for it by having a specific mentorship in order to do so. And, and I think it's that simple. Okay. Well, and I guess one thing that you said earlier that jumped out at me was that women have a longer tenure with organizations on average than men. And that's not, uh, that's not a statistic I'd heard before. I didn't know that. Um, it kind of makes sense in my own experience in life, but um, t- tell me about, tell me about that. And uh, you know, I wonder on the leadership to, to bridge that to the leadership question, 
you know, the longer you're with an organization, the more likely you are to end up in, in a leadership role. Uh, if women are more likely to be with a company longer than men, are they, are they, uh, you know, often a greater choice as, as leaders because of that tenure that they've developed over time? Are they, should they be more likely to become leaders? Well, you might think that they would be more likely or that they would be there longer. So they would be the one selected. But as we all know, women in general, uh, don't promote themselves and undervalue themselves a little bit more. So won't always go for it or raise their hand. Uh, and as we all know, more importantly, just being great in sales does not make you a great leader. So, you know, whether you're female or male, it's not just being a high performing salesperson that makes you a great leader. It has to be someone who really wants to help uh, mentor and coach and develop and grow other individuals and you know it's truly empathetic so yes women would make great leaders and in general women do, do tend to have more longevity and probably because they're not thinking as growth-mindedly as as okay what's my next step what could I do next how do I grow to the next thing and you know they tend to like stability and things like that more uh, you know, one interesting thing, University of Houston, uh, they have a college of sales excellence and they, they did a study over seven years and found that 62%, uh, there are 62% more female top performers than men and that women outperform men by 74%. And so, and, and you know, some of the qualities that women have maybe speak to that. Uh, and this is just one university's study but i would just say that you know in general women do tend to have great qualities that lead to success both in sales and sales leadership i think our next step is helping women see it and not uh and as women hey we have to not play it safe all the time we have to be willing to step out and do things afraid and think bigger and it makes a ton of sense to me um i guess well, you're a member of a ton of women's organizations. What are some of the benefits of that you see of these organizations, the benefits of networking with women? Um, how, how does that play out here? I believe that as we step into some of those groups, we find uh, almost our own cheerleading squad, so to speak. I hate to say that as we're talking about women in, <laughs> in mm -hmm. business, but we find supporters of this mission, and it's, it's a, the mission to become all that we were created to be, the mission to be our very best, and the mission to not be afraid to step out and step up and have a growth mindset and raise our hands for more opportunity. So one of the best benefits is having a group of supporters alongside of you to say, I believe in you and take that step and, and to push each other a little bit. The other benefit is finding someone a little bit ahead of you to be a mentor for you. It doesn't mean that you have to step up into leadership, that you maybe weren't created to do that, whether you're male or female, but that you become the best you were created to be and don't be held back based on our own beliefs. Because the number one inhibitor of our performance is us. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, one, one thing that's been interesting in my experience too is I, I think that sales is a job that more men envision themselves in from a younger age. Like mm -hmm. 
like I, I've, I've noticed like with my, like I have a, a big internship program and I, you know, I obviously hire a lot of junior people. Um, the, the, a lot of the time was, we have a kind of a sales and marketing internship. And a lot of the time the people that come in, some people come in just wanting to do marketing. Some people come in just wanting to do sales. Some people come in, um, not sure which direction they want their career path to go in and they kind of do both. And, I think one one of the really interesting and valuable things about that kind of keeping people's careers open in the beginning is people that they thought maybe because they've been typecasted or kind of given this message somehow that they should be in a marketing role. Once they actually start doing sales type things, they actually realize how good they are at them and how much they enjoy them. And they end up in a, in more of a, a sales or customer facing role. And, uh, which is which is great, I think, because there's ten times as many sales roles as there are marketing roles, um, and and that's that's been a an interesting finding that I've seen, and just just hiring people, you know, straight out of college or and or even with internship programs while they're in college, like you know, helping them, it, it's almost like by by telling them this is also an option for you. You could do this. It seems like you know, you've got some characteristics that may translate into being really successful in this type of role. And next thing you know, they spread their wings and fly in the role. So right. a little anecdote from what I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Um, how, what steps do you think a company can take to create a more inclusive culture that will be attractive to women? I think it starts from the acquiring of the talent all the way through the retention of the talent. And so one is, I'd say step one is look at the team you currently have. And if it is not well balanced, have a specific goal in mind for what you want to achieve by when and start at that now. And the best way to attract that talent is to have some great examples of successful people on the team today that are like those which you would prefer to attract. Also involve uh, successful women in the recruitment process. So if you want to attract great people, you're looking for people working and winning. Uh, as we help sales organizations build and grow, we're looking for the talent that's doing well today, whether this would be a next step or an upgrade to their career. So that's what they, you know, that's really what they should be going after uh, as companies consider looking for talent. And so again, having a specific customized talent plan, acquisition plan that is geared toward finding those women where they are out in the marketplace today, currently doing well and how this would be an upgrade to their career. Think about, uh, you know, as you're doing the interview process, incorporating the bigger why for them as to why they would, you know, be even open to considering this next step and what's their means to the end for their career. We've got to be talking about those bigger picture things because uh, it matters to them. And if we want to find great people, not just people, not just, you know, bad breath, but great breath. I mean, sometimes you think, okay, do I want no breath or bad breath or do I want the best of the best? And when we want the best of the best, we have to be able to attract the best of the best. And, and one of the ways to do that is to care about what they care about. 
in, in addition to that, again, speaking, thinking about the language we're using uh, as we reach out and attract these individuals, thinking about the culture within our organizations, do we need to make any cultural shifts to make it a, a high-performance culture, nonetheless, because every sales organization needs to be, and one that also is balanced. And I've, you know, I've got a great example of working with an organization who was wanting to find women and then scheduled a couple, a couple of the most important critical meetings of the week during six o'clock dinner hour, and they were mandatory. Like two days a week, they had to be available from 5.30 to 7 on company conference calls. And they wanted women mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. are, you know, making dinner for their children if they, if, you know, if they have children. <laughs> right, right. They're, they're not going to be attracted to that. So we have to think about what we're creating culturally that allows people to work really hard for you and have a great life so that they'll still work really hard for you long term. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, as leaders, we need to, to understand the reason for people on our team being there, show empathy toward them. And another big piece is developing people more so than just skill set, but overall as an entire person, we spend so much time focused on skill set. Again, 80% of sales success is mindset. So we need to develop people in this area as well. And that creates, a, you know, that as well as having career progression creates a great long-term success. Fantastic advice. Um, I, I wonder if there, well, one thing that comes to mind besides just the, the culture that you can that you can do and things to and then you know kind of activities to avoid like scheduling conference calls at 6 p.m um which i find men don't like either <laughs> right i wouldn't either as a man. i mean I, you know i agree i don't honestly if i'm a man i feel like all this is just as important it's mm -hmm. not just for women yeah but you know we're talking about women right now <laughs> yeah sure absolutely um well one one thing that we've done we, we've put a few policies in place at our company that that are maybe worth thinking about maybe you have some ideas of other policies that that companies can put in place but uh we put a policy in place so there's that we have a six-week maternity leave and then after that six weeks is up people can choose to take three months on sabbatical kind of you know unpaid but not working at all and then after that, uh, and here's, and that's, I'd say, you know, th those two things are relatively standard for, you know, software companies in, in the Bay Area. Um, but then we, we added a, a unique thing on top of that. We added uh, the ability for women or men, I guess, who, who have recently had a, had a kid to come back half time for half their pay but keep their benefits yeah so and that the length of time that can go on is kind of as long as mm -hmm. their manager and they agree that it's working out for everyone right um and uh obviously there's some cost to the company of that to that you know because you're still paying full benefits but you're paying but you're only getting half the work so two two employees to cover 40 hours would you know but now you're paying double benefits Right. But, um, but the, the trade-off, you know, but at the same time, you could argue that it's good for the company because it, you know, creates, you know, longer-term employees and people know, hey, if I want to 
if when I want to have kids, I, I, I won't be, you know, my career won't be screwed with a you know five year gap on my resume. Right. Um, you know, so bottom line, I think that's, that's a, it's solving a challenge that, uh, that a lot of women face. So that's one way we've used policy to attract and retain women. Are there other policies that, that you would recommend that would be, or, or other ways to do it? I mean, I just kind of made that up my, you know, with, with my director of HR. Right. But yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think, I think those are all things we need to consider. I love what you just gave as an example, because it truly is a policy saying, hey, you matter, and it creates loyalty and longevity. Uh, yes, there are, there are all sorts of variations of that. Uh, just one is uh, working remotely or letting people work from home one or two days. It doesn't matter. I mean, especially if they're in inside sales, but if they're in outside sales, they're out in the field anyway. Mm -hmm. How much does it matter? I know we want to create cultures, but there are several ways to create remote cultures to give people a balance in their life uh, to do both. There are certain things that we can do to just support women in going to their children's production at school or taking their child to the doctor. And hey, as long as you're hitting your number, we don't really care. Do what you have to do. Be a mom. Um, or be a wife or be all, the, all that you're created to be, whether it's that or something else, so that you can be a full person because they will be so much more productive for us if we're considering what's truly important to them. And so policy is another great way to do that, uh, you know, in our time off, our vacation, our maternity, uh, even paternity for men. Women really appreciate it. Their husbands being able to work in a role that supports their family, and mm -hmm. so that that creates longevity for men as well. So all of those are are super important to consider uh, ways of which we can support people to have a life balance and be really a full person, so that they're fully productive uh, for us. Excellent. Well, I'd like to move into the next section, which is called sales in sixty seconds. So you know, short and short question, short answer. Um, what are your top tips for encouraging women to consider a career in sales? I think letting women know that they will create their own opportunity in sales. They can create success in any way that they choose and really be the ones to give themselves a raise or to make the most uh, financial impact to their families and things like that with a flexible uh, environment because sales is very performance-based freedom. And what do you think is the most challenging obstacle women face in today's corporate environment? You know, I think in general, uh, oftentimes women super growth oriented and motivated and willing to step out and step up and grow and, there's some skepticism in general in the corporate environment uh, where they've advanced too quickly and people are wondering, well, why and how? And, and so there's just a general question mark or skepticism that we have to overcome and, and show that our success is based on merit. Mm. What book would you recommend for up and coming women in sales? Mm-hmm. Well, I would recommend this for anyone, uh, whether it's in sales or, or anything, but I, I love Carol Dweck's book about uh, growth mindset. And 
And really, I think women in sales and women who want to grow in sales leadership, if they were to read some of her work, uh, because it talks a lot about having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, that would impact not just their professional life, but their life personally to be all that they could be. What's the most difficult barrier uh, diverse sales teams need to overcome? So is there, is there a a challenge that arises once you have a diverse sales team? Hmm, that's a great question. I, I would say just at a very kind of tactical level, just understanding one another, right? If you have a very diverse team, we have to really understand one another. And as leaders of that diverse team, we have to understand that each person is truly motivated differently. And so our job as a leader is not to do everything the same for everyone, but it's to find out the bigger purpose for each person and then lead to them and to what they are motivated by or inspired by more importantly. Well, as a, I guess as a, as a final thought, what, what would, what should salespeople listening today do as a, first step to accelerate women's success in sales? What should a sales organization do as a first step? What should salespeople or a sales organization or a sales leader, what do you think the first step is? If, they, if, you, if you could have everyone listening take one step, what would that step be? To, to take their, to rise to the occasion, so to speak, or to get to the next level and um, perform, do well. I mean, truly, we all day as women can talk about how we weren't given an opportunity or we, you know, there's not equality or diversity or any of those things. But the bottom line is, I believe if we perform and outperform and do our very best, we can create what we want um, and we can have that next opportunity that is based on merit because we performed well and we've earned it. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize all of the wisdom that you've dropped on us today, Jamie. Um, so first, gender balanced sales teams are important from both a metrics and cultural standpoint. Women bring empathy and the ability to solve problems with people to the table when you bring them onto your team. If you don't have a gender diverse team, it becomes even harder to recruit top performing women. Um, recruiting the best of the best requires having a team that is inviting to top performing women or else you, you kind of lose out on that whole, that whole swath of the, of the talent market. Companies can find it harder to hire women in sales because sales job postings language could be more catered to to men, you can so you can write language that's more attractive to women. Um, you can, and companies can also look to women's networking groups, trade shows, etc., to find top talented women who are who are uh, winning in place. I think you said or winning, winning working and winning, working and winning. Um, I like that. Currently employed, doing well. Yeah, hitting uh, their numbers, right the next. Yeah, right. Which I. 
is uh, there's definitely a lesson for me in that one. Uh, it's, see, it appears I'm doing it wrong. Uh, so as, as you look for a sales recruiter focused on hiring women, uh, look for a recruiter who truly understands sales and who knows how to qualify beyond people who are just selling themselves in the interview. To hire and retain more women sales talent, don't, don't just focus on the quota and the money that will be made. And I think that this also applies to millennials in general. Focus on the why. Why why is this important? What is the mission of this company? Why, why do we do this work? So um, fo focus on that purpose, that meaning that, that women will get out of, that, out of doing the job. Sales managers need to look to the women on their team and let them know what they see in them and then provide mentorship to, and that will yield good solid promotions of those women into leader into leadership positions. Women business networking groups are a great place to find a group of supporters and a kind of a, you know, a support network and, and, and a mentorship network for women's careers in the future. So maybe, you know, try to try to forge relationships between your company and the women in your company and, and those groups. So to create, a more inclusive culture for women, look at the team you currently have and envision how many more women you would like to add to the team. Include top performing women in the hiring process who are already on your team and think about the work activities that you kind of have planned, like don't have conference calls at 6 p.m. when uh, you know, a lot of women will be not as, not as likely to want to work. Um, overall, uh, consider the lifestyle and, and what's important for the women that you want to hire and provide support for them to be successful. Some, some really powerful advice from Jamie here. Uh, Jamie, wh where can listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you? I, I know you have a well-known sales talent acquisition firm, Proactivate. But t tell us, how, how, do we, how do we learn more? Well, I would love to connect with anyone who's interested in learning more. And certainly one way to do that is to reach out at proactivate.net to our website, as well at jamiecrosby.com. And that's C-R-O-S-B-I-E. jamiecrosby.com has a lot of the work on mindset and things like that uh, and workshops and keynotes that I can do in that area. But as a sales talent acquisition firm, proactivate.net or find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at, at JM Crosby. And as well, 214-720-9922. We'd love to help in any way. And it's been such a pleasure being here today. Well, it's been a pleasure having you, Jamie. This has been a fantastic episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If anyone can think of other uh, of, of other sales reps or sales leaders that would benefit from learning learning about what we've talked about here today share the love and forward this on to them take care until next time everybody Bye.